That's now 10 losses in a row for the Pelicans. And I'll be honest, this was the first game where I was truly upset with the team. That first half was rock bottom. But I'm here to tell you this game wasn't like the others. Plus, no, Willie Green shouldn't have played Jonas Valanciunas at the end. It's Friday's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Friday, day after the Pelicans lose a weird game to the Dallas Mavericks, 111-106. Terrible first half. Kind of incredible end of the third, fourth quarter as New Orleans got back into this one. Lot, lot to dissect. Lot to dissect. It was rock bottom and not rock bottom. We have really interesting angles to look at when questioning the coaching decisions. There was ref drama just... Oh boy, you ran the gamut of emotions in that one. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down every single thing you want to know about this team, the good, the bad. Trade targets too. The trade deadline is next week. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And number one thing you can do to support the show, comment down below on YouTube. Do you think the team should have closed with Jonas Valanciunas or Larry Nance Jr.? And I'll explain why I think Larry Nance Jr. was the right choice in the third segment of today's episode. Okay. Oh, and today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. Okay. Let's get into this game because this game was something, right? The, the plan for the show is here. Literally my notes for this, the first segment is WTF was that game. Second segment, I want to look at B.I. and no Luca for the Mavs. And then third segment is J.V. and Larry Nance Jr. We're going to throw some one or two other things in there, too, because there was a lot from this one. That game was rock bottom for New Orleans in the first half. You all have heard me on here be pretty optimistic, be pretty calm about this Pelicans team. Yes, they're on a 10-game losing streak, but you've seen flashes of what made them good. And you've heard me repeatedly say when they're healthy, and I do think they're going to get healthy at the end of the year, they're going to be a really good team. That team was first in the West. They held the third spot in the West for a while without Brandon Ingram. Zion Williamson truly is that important, right? Luka Doncic left this game, and the game flipped. Not having your star players out there really, really matters. So I'm optimistic about that, right? You know, that team hasn't fully vanished or they can get back to it, even if I think there are a couple mental things, maybe some morale things there too, lost some of, you know, the edge that they had early on. You can get that all back. So I don't think this team is like completely and irrevocably changed, irrevocably changed. They can get back to where they were. There's no reason to believe they won't when healthy, which we just got to wait for. You didn't see any of that. You didn't see any of that. In the first half against the Denver Nuggets game that was close at the end, they had a chance to win. You saw flashes from them. You had a 37 point quarter with Brandon Ingram looking great before he faded and you didn't really see him again until the end. You saw all of those flashes and they just didn't put it together for four quarters. For the first half of this game where the Pelicans went down 31, none of that, none of that 
we're going to have an angry cast where I was going to come in and just scream at the team for a little bit. You saw none of what should give you optimism. The team that you saw in that first half was the team that everyone was like, this team sucks and the people who tweet at me saying we should start looking at lottery picks. That's the team you actually saw in the first half. I will be honest with you, though. That is not what you've seen entirely over this 10-game losing streak. They have competed in most of these games. They competed against the Brooklyn Nets. They competed against the Boston Celtics. They had a double-digit lead in the first half over the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were blowing out at one point the Orlando Magic. They lost a close game against the Denver Nuggets. They lost a close game against the Miami Heat. This is a team that, and they were up on the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, this is a team that overall has actually played relatively well, despite some you know, the injuries that they're facing. They haven't put it together for four quarters. And it's usually they play well for three quarters and then the one bad quarter they have is a really bad quarter. So that's why I've been optimistic. You can't tell me this team has sucked for the entirety of this. You might be on a 10-game losing streak, but you haven't sucked for the entirety of it. They freaking sucked in the first half. But that seems to be the outlier. But there was no semblance of offense, no semblance of defense, no sense of urgency, just nothing, nothing. Willie Green made some changes in this that we've been asking for. You know, they didn't play Devontae Graham at all. Kyra Lewis Jr. was the first sub off the bench despite getting a DMP the other night. That's probably not the easiest thing to do. So he made some changes, but it's going to take a little bit more than rotation tweaks. You can do that. I never said Kyrie Lewis Jr. was going to be the answer. You should have tried. Worst case is you lose with him out there, which is what happened. But you need to do some other things too. There needs to be more purpose to the offense. It's just guys kind of dribbling around and no one really knowing what they're doing. They don't take threes. They don't really get to the rim. It's a lot of mid-rangers, and those aren't the shots you want to build an offense around. There needs to be more purpose, a little bit more coaching and design and influence on that side of the ball. Defensively, I mean, Luka Doncic torched this team, right? Torched this team. If he stayed healthy this whole game, the, the Pelicans would have gotten crushed. It changed when he left. Luka Doncic in his 23 minutes was 12 of 19, 63% for 31 points. He was unstoppable. New Orleans didn't want to double him or force the ball out of his hands. And this is something that New Orleans doesn't do. They don't like doubling. They don't like trapping until way too late in games. We've seen it against um, Nikola Jokic a bunch. Those are the type of tweaks the coaching staff needs to also make. I don't think they've been as bad as some people want to make them out to be, but they definitely have not been good. But at least Willie Green did try something different with the rotations. However, it's going to take more than that. But for that first half, I don't know what I was looking at. I don't know what team I was watching. They pulled it out in the second half. You saw the fight from them. You saw, you know... a lot of the same issues too. And it wasn't perfect, but they looked better. And that was the team that we've kind of seen. The team that hasn't really quit, even if they're overmatched. That's what you needed to see. I don't really care about the ref stuff at the end with the the inbound play and Brandon Ingram saving the ball, which would have given the Pelicans the ball with about four seconds left and a chance to at least tie on a three. You don't deserve to win when you go down 31, when you play like utter crap like they did in the first half. That cannot happen when you're shorthanded. That's on the team, that's on the coaching staff, and it wasn't the travel issues that they had that caused that. That's not what it was. That was just them being defeated, being embarrassed. I don't know, not having pride. That cannot be allowed. That cannot 
be allowed. Willie Green said after the game, he's proud of the team, right? How they fought in the second half, but they know they got to do it for four quarters. It's your job to make them do it for four quarters. At that point, you've got to make more drastic in-game adjustments and changes when you get down by 31. The only reason they came back was because Luka Doncic left the game and Brandon Ingram woke up. Let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools, and they go beyond resume data by using insight from your job post, your company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. So you can identify those candidates and connect with them fast and for free all in one place. And LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications. And it's why LinkedIn Jobs is rated number one by small businesses in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So go to LinkedIn Jobs. It helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking it down even on a 10-game losing streak. We're not taking days off, even if you want to. That's okay if you need to tune away from the team, tune out from the team a little bit during this time. It can be rough. Losing's not fun. I'm sure the players aren't happy either. But we're here, so we're here whenever you're ready to come back. And if you're here with me every day, I appreciate you making Locked On Pelicans part of your routine. We're here wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, completely free, coming to you like no one else is. So let's continue to talk about this Pelicans loss, 111-106 to the Dallas Mavericks. The big thing was, look, you get down by 31 in the first half, like, good luck. It was a minor miracle that they got into the game in the second half. And that was mainly because of Luka Doncic leaving with like a heel bruise, something like that, some of his foot. And once he left... The Mavericks struggled, and they've been really bad when he isn't on the court. You know, it's funny. I follow a lot of Dallas people. The guy who kind of runs our Locked On NBA channel, Nick Angstad, who's host of Locked On NBA, you know, he (laughs) – it's funny. His tweets and a lot of the the Mavs uh, people's tweets looked exactly the same as Pelicans' tweets from the first half once Luka left. What's going on with this offense? Get a stop, right? What is the coaching staff doing? This all goes to show you that star players really matter. And if you don't have them, it becomes a whole lot harder. The Mavs looked terrible after Luka Doncic left the game. The Pelicans, in that fourth quarter, and this is going to be important when we talk about Larry Nance versus Jonas Valanciunas, who should have played in the fourth. Pelicans won that fourth quarter 30-16 to because the Dallas Mavericks could not do anything anything because they didn't have a star player to really carry them and the Pelicans defense stepped up then they were one of 10 from three five of 21 in the fourth quarter just 16 points those are atrocious numbers it goes to show you that star players truly matter Zion being out is a big thing and when I hear people say he wouldn't fix the defense wouldn't fix that or he wouldn't fix that I hate to tell you he kind of would He absolutely kind of would. The Pelicans in this one had 17 turnovers that led to 27 points off turnovers for the Dallas Mavericks. That is insane. You're gifting them 
Easy points while not getting any yourself. The Pelicans had 13 turnovers in the first half compared to just five for the Dallas Mavericks. In the second half, they only had four. That's a much better number. And part of the reason they had these turnovers is you're asking guys to do a little bit too much. There's no not as many offensive threats out there on the court. So when the Pelicans drive in to the lane, there's extra bodies and arms there because teams aren't respecting a guy like Herb Jones, which is why he was taking so many threes in this one because he was open because they were defending other people. And they lose the ball. Well, you don't do that nearly as much with Zion. You know, you don't need to, when you're a, a Pelicans player driving to the rim and you realize it's walled off and you can't score there, so you try and do some bounce pass to someone below the basket and those were a lot of turnovers. Zion's going to score those. And so all of a sudden... Your, your defense isn't having to play in transition a lot, and you're not giving up transition opportunities. So Zion being out there, scoring points, allows the defense to get back and get set. That absolutely does matter and help the defense. That's offense turning into good defense. Good offense can turn into good defense, too. It's not only the other way around. So missing a guy like that like actually impacts all that stuff. Big time. Big time, I think. And when he's out there, you can't double both B.I. and Zion like they were basically doing in this game, which is or B.I. and C.J. McCollum, which is where those guys really struggled a lot in the first half before finally starting to get some things going in the second. And Brandon Ingram finally woke up, particularly in the fourth quarter. Kind of quiet in the first half. Three of seven for eight points, three assists, two turnovers. And then in the second half of this one, he looked like himself. Seven of 13, that's 53.8%. Seven rebounds, four assists, 18 points, just one turnover. He was in the zone, particularly at times in the fourth quarter when he was hitting his mid-range shots. He was five of seven alone in the fourth quarter for just for 10 points. He looked great. That was the B.I. of old, and it led a furious comeback for New Orleans. Furious comeback for New Orleans. This is part of why I've said I think they'll be okay. Look at what they actually can do somewhat offensively when... B.I. is actually playing well, and it's very clear he takes a little bit to ramp up from injury and doesn't look like himself, and he started to in this one. Lo and behold, they got back in the game, partially because, mainly, I still think, because Luka Doncic, because at that point, they were in too big of a hole. If B.I. played like that from the start, they might have had a, a better chance, but it goes to show you that star players matter. They cannot be said enough. And that's why I don't think New Orleans has actually looked that bad on this losing streak. Yeah, the schedule's tough. Maybe this streak will continue for a little bit, but they haven't looked like they played in the first half the entirety of any game. You rarely see it being that bad for an extended period of time. There's stretches, yeah, and that's understandable too. But things will absolutely get better when Zion comes back. They were the one seed. They held the three seed for a while. That wasn't a fluke. This team is still there. While they might have looked defeated, yeah. Nine straight lose games, you know, losing 10 in a row now might make you feel defeated. But when you get Zion back, trust me, that's going to raise the energy level. That's going to raise the vibes and everything they need. Give them that edge back. And they can snap out of all of this. So that's why I haven't been down on this team. That's the type of stuff you got to look at. You can't be a prisoner of the moment with just that first half and be like, we should start talking lottery picks. Yeah, they're losing games, but there's way more to it than just that. Doesn't make it any easier to swallow the losses necessarily. Glass half full, you know, silver linings, moral victories don't actually count in the standings. But that's why I also think they can finish really strong because I don't think this team's 
as bad as 10 losses in a row necessarily indicate. Sucks they're falling down the standings, but it doesn't mean they can't finish strong, particularly because you started to see more BI. And it just tells you the true status and like how important these stars are to their teams. Dallas is freaking garbage without Luka Doncic. Particularly because the Pelicans finally started defending. They started to figure it out a little bit. And it wasn't by doubling guys and letting, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie and others get open. They did some really good things, particularly defensively in the second half. That's why when I see, you know, people questioning why didn't Jonas Valanciunas play in the fourth quarter, I don't think it was the wrong decision. You know, there's plenty to criticize Willie Green about. And we're going to probably do a show on that next week, depending on what happens this weekend. So... This wasn't one of them, and I'll explain why coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're all really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked on because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You're going to get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line, point spreads, to who will score a touchdown. They also have the same game parlay. Bet $5, hit your marks, and all of a sudden you're getting paid three, four, five hundred dollars $500 back. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use, and you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know. You want to support the channel? Comment down below. Here's the question. Should the Pelicans have closed with Jonas Valanciunas or Larry Nance Jr.? So I get why this was a question. You know, the Pelicans all of a sudden didn't have Dwight Powell, their starting center, who fouled out of this game, and they were running a real small lineup out there almost by necessity. So it seems like Jonas Valanciunas should really get out there, play, and do some damage against the Dallas Mavericks. You know, he had a very good third quarter where he was doing a lot of dirty work on the boards, getting offensive rebounds, and putting the ball back, giving them some easy offense. 12 points in that quarter on four of six shooting, four of four from the line, four offensive rebounds. That's a great stretch. But that's not what they needed in the fourth quarter. With Brandon Ingram cooking like he was doing, with CJ McCollum also cooking in the fourth quarter, he had nine points, right? It's 19 between those two guys. They needed stops. They needed stops. They needed to get the ball back because they couldn't keep trading buckets because they were down. And you saw the Dallas Mavericks basically trying to run the clock out in this game. They were they were milking every possession. Every possession they had, they were trying to use as much of the shot clock as possible. What the Dallas Mavericks were doing in the second half, and in particular in the fourth quarter with Spencer Dinwiddie and Tim Hardaway Jr. was force a switch. Ideally, on to Spencer Dinwiddie. Get a big on him. You know, run pick and roll action. Force a switch, which is what the Pelicans do. And let him try and do his thing. You know, they did that for a little while in the third quarter that kept New Orleans at bay long enough. And they tried to do that in the fourth quarter. And they would have been very successful with that if... Jonas Valanciunas was out there. He can't defend on the perimeter. You need to play him in drop coverage. And at that point, you were going to give them open shots. You can't do that. 
Or they put them out there on the perimeter and they beat them off the dribble and they go to the rim and they score. New Orleans went with Larry Nance Jr. for that quarter because they needed him to go out and defend on the perimeter. And guess what? He was awesome defensively. He was awesome defensively in the fourth quarter. Switching on to Tim Hardaway, switching on to Spencer Dinwiddie, contesting all of those shots and not making their life easy. You saw them try and get by him multiple times. And he said, "Uh uh-uh. That's why Tim Hardaway Jr. was 0 for 7 in the fourth. Spencer Dinwiddie, 0 for 5 for a total of four points. Neither of those guys made a field goal in the fourth quarter. They would have most definitely done that over Jonas Valanciunas. You needed stops more than you needed Jonas to score because Brandon Ingram was 5 of 7 and CJ McCollum was 4 of 5. The Pelicans shot 65% in that quarter. They shot 40% from three. They could have maybe taken another three or two. You actually would, at one point, you should have had Brandon Ingram take one. They did more than enough to get the points. They needed stops because you could not trade buckets. And you would have been doing that with Jonas Valanciunas out there on the court. There's plenty to criticize Willie Green about. Trust me, we're going to. I've done it too, though he made some changes with Devontae Graham and others in this one. And he needs to really start to consider doubling star players like Luka Doncic, trapping him, get the ball out of his hands. You know, maybe take a different approach to Nikola Jokic, though Jokic is running away with the MVP. They need to really figure out how to give the offense some purpose. But this in the fourth quarter is not one of the mistakes. Larry Nance Jr. was tremendous defensively, doing everything he could to keep New Orleans in this one. Same thing for Herb Jones. You know, maybe it would have made sense to have Trey Murphy out there instead of Herb Jones. But Trey's defense was really good forcing steals making those guys contest shots Trey was not great defensively in this one hasn't really been this season and so Willie Green knowing that Brandon Ingram was cooking when he was CJ McCollum got it going going with some more defense out there knowing you need stops late I don't think that was the wrong decision the Pelicans won that quarter 30 to 16 clearly was something was going right they just ran out of time because they were down 31 at halftime you win this game if you do that I was actually texting with Antonio Daniels um, right after the game, you know, it, it, he said, love the fight from the team and everything, but you can't go down 31 and expect to win at any point in time. That's the part where they lost the game. That's the part that has to change. Need to really look at the offense, need to really figure out what you're doing defensively and play with a little bit more purpose, slow things down, coach him up, have more influence on the offense rather than letting guys freestyle, which look, that's what players do in the NBA for the most part. You don't have coaches calling plays every single time down the court. Maybe you need to try for a little bit or at key times a little bit more. That's where they lost this game was that rock bottom first half. But as I've been saying, they're not as bad always as that. They haven't been atrocious the whole time during this losing streak. They're just missing their best player just like Dallas was in this one. And look what happened to Dallas. New Orleans would have won if you had two more minutes. New Orleans would have won if you had two more minutes or if the refs potentially didn't screw that up. Even despite going down 31, there's still something here. You can see the good team below the surface just dealing with a lot of suck right now. And hopefully that goes away soon with Brandon Ingram playing like Brandon Ingram, with CJ McCollum waking up in the fourth quarter, and whenever Zion Williamson comes back. And that's why I still think this team's going to be really good at the end of the season.
If you agree or disagree, let me know in the comments down below. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. This week of Locked On Pelicans. Enjoy the games this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, back-to-back in the Smoothie King Center. Lakers, Kings, we'll be back on Monday to recap it all. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all on Monday.